0: Like, like to maybe we figure this out afterwards. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm in full on like fundraising dude, to go fight fine. for kids. Well, we're, mode, we're all so.
1: right. we're we've been recording for like ten seconds. Full disclosure. So, oh, cool. Yeah, no. So I'll get you that. Uh, I'll get you the social media shit later. Um, but as we were just saying, I figured we would just keep the conversation going. Actually, um, yeah, no. I think talking about perfectionism. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's mm-hmm. probably good that I didn't go to medical school, and that was kind of my fear all throughout college. Was it took like every all day every day but you could
0: be a perfectionist
1: Mm. my fear with like medical school was like i don't think it can be done i was like i'll think i think i'll implode and so it's probably good because that probably would have been the death of me i just would have gone i would have tried to memorize everything and it just couldn't be but because that's not what we're talking about this episode please introduce yourself man tell everyone a little about yourself
0: Yeah. So my name is Ryan. I am the, uh, the president and CEO of the gavel project. I'm a lawyer from Arizona and I, uh, basically quit my job, uh, early October to start this organization. This is actually our logo here. Um, it's, it's pretty so it's uh snake and gats and snake and in, in the gavel, uh, because you know, the idea is we are trying to protect you from from government overreach and, and especially your kids. Uh when it comes to the COVID-19 in particular, uh the, the tyranny that's happening around that, uh that I'm so passionate about this issue. Um, you know, I I I I have a daughter, uh she's she's three years old and uh, another one that was born just a few weeks ago and uh, I quit my job like early October with like a se- seven month pregnant wife. And I did so and took a huge risk. And we, we spent, you know, t- t- we have, we're, we're, we're in the hole at least, you know, tens of thousands of dollars uh, from, from our savings account. And we're, we're blessed to have been able to, to, you know, make, you know, good money. My wife is an extremely hardworking person as mine. Um, you know, I, I worked my way through school. I, I think you, you, you mentioned the other day and I'm, I think your, your uh, listeners are, are probably aware of the story and I don't, uh do you, do you talk about your your past openly completely i mean know you mentioned oh yeah
1: um, yeah no 10000% yeah no med- medical school okay. brother suicide my own my own fucking battles with suicidal thoughts and everything no it's all there's nothing i mean short of like my social okay. security number and like the location of my family members it's all and my and my location too um no, it's all out there. Yeah. You can do whatever, man. Yeah. I'm, ever. I'm,
0: I'm there with you now for, for the first time. Um, you know, I, I, I'm actually, we have a lot in common. Uh, like, so I, I had a troubled history as well. Uh, I, I was a, a football, a really good football player when I was, I was young and uh, really liked that that sport. I'm, I'm naturally aggressive, which perhaps is one of the reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I like to to go after things and, and, you know, really fight. It, it's, it's natural for me. So, um, you know my body's broken today. I'm 29 years old. I have to do yoga like yeah. four, or five times a week. Shout out to Kira Michelle, by the way, uh, the Australian yoga lady from uh, Peloton. Uh, you, you have actually helped me lose like 30 pounds in the shout, last few months uh, through, through doing this. Shout out. Yeah, so would love to chat with you at some point. Anyway, back, back to the story. Um, you know, my back hurts. I, I found out recently from my chiropractor. I had a stress fracture at one point. I didn't even know about. Um, and I blew my knee out, you know, four times before I was even uh, a junior in in high school. I had two surgeries uh, early on. Um, you know, I, I really was just the type of person who was just, I I would run into an airplane propeller for my teammates. Like that's the kind of person that I am. Like, it's just natural for me. And so, um, uh, anyway, getting, getting back to the point, it's, I I got hurt and I I got hooked on, you know, I I had some issues with substances, different pain pills, Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> big pharma, of course, you know, yeah. like, again, they're yeah, no, yeah. Uh, sure. one, another reason for me that it, it, actually, another inspiration for me and why I'm here, I think everyone seems to have forgotten the right before, um, all of this happened. Uh, there was you know, the opioid epidemic, epidemic. Yeah. it's like they were the bad guys. I mean, for, what the heck are we it's, thinking,
1: dude? It's the it's the most insane thing ever that a comedian, Ryan Long, um, who I think is like one of the funniest guys out there, he makes mm-hmm. all these videos, does all these little like sketch videos. But one of them is just a guy, and he, uh, you know, it's supposed to be like your classical, like, kind of occupied Wall Street guy. And he's like, man, you know, the top 0.1% own 99% of the wealth, you know, big tech, their inclusion with like the big banks and the military industrial so complex right? and pharma, except for Pfizer. Pfizer's my boys. So they're, they're good, got that booster, but the rest of them suck. And its it's the absurdity of like, am I. Truly am I living through watching like my classically it's, liberal friends defending affiliation, fun- right?
0: It's like at its worst that, is that like, that's exactly what it is.
1: It's like seeing a bunch of like lifelong like Republicans, like Reagan Republicans, like defending to the death planned parenthood. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, that's that's an issue that I tend to stay away from. Man. No, no, no. That's, what that, I mean is just like the analogy.
1: Thing. No, 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 no. What I no, no, no. Me too. That's uh, I'll talk about everything except that I'm not a girl, so I don't know. No, but I mean just the analogy of like watching, watching kind of far left people defend big pharma now is absurd. As watching like a country club Republican defend plan. it's it's if that happened, right? It's like watching. Oh hippies. yeah, right. It'd be like if you saw hippies like marching in 2003 defending the, uh, uh, incoming invasion of Iraq. It's like, what, what, what universe am I in? Mm -hmm. It's absolutely absurd. Um, sorry for interrupting you. Um, no, dude,
0: you're, you're good. You're you've you, like, this is fun. I actually think that I, this is a good time for me to say something kind of yeah, sure, interesting yeah. that a lot of people aren't even yeah. tuned into in my, my, my view. Um, I want to to talk about what's happening in, in the big scope of things. One of the things that I'm, I'm really gifted with is kind of understanding, uh, processes and the interrelationship between uh, things. I have ADD, uh, it, it shows, I think you're going to see it throughout this, this podcast. There's, there's a reason that, um, I'm hiring lawyers. I'm, I'm basically just just putting a, a team. I'm, I'm uh, together to go and find the best circumstances everywhere I can to go file uh, lawsuits and, and go fight government tyranny. And so, um, we're we're trying to end COVID nineteen mandates nationally. Whether it's masks, whether it's vaccines, whether it's anything. And, and um, you know, we, we can get back to that point here in a minute. Uh, but I'm sorry you, you you've lost my my train of thought here I, we, we were, were you talking, talking about, about something the opioid epidemic? So many things.
1: you said you had a, a problem oh, with the opi- the yeah.
0: relationship between things sorry yeah. um so actually all we're observing here, and when it comes down to it, if we're looking at the the biggest picture, it is essentially a the way in which industrial complexes move in relation to political parties. So if we take a step back and I, I know, um, you know, as, as someone who's, who's very, uh, considers myself, uh, very proud to be an American and, and very, uh, humble and grateful for everyone who, who served and, um, you know, appreciative about all those who've given their lives. Uh, but I think it, it, at this time, uh, we would all agree and it, the evidence is out that the reason for going into Iraq, right. The, the, the purpose for all of that operation Iraqi freedom, basically what was, was a uh, you know G- General uh, Powell was, was went before Congress and, and lied repeatedly with a bunch of people about you know the the government having you know these these giant weapons of mass destruction and and what happened was the the out result hundreds of thousands of people dead right mm-hmm. and wow. no one got. $9
1: trillion dollars okay. seven thousand US servicemen and women a million and a half civilians right
0: so now that, that was the that was the ours that was Dick Cheney and all of his you know gang of um, stupid ridiculous Dorth people Ch- who, who literally Cheney. made money off of blood and um, oh, should yeah. all be held accountable but uh, we're not and you know it, it's the the people really we need to remember uh, to just even step back again it's not even the corporations like Halliburton and and. Uh, Blackwater and all these different organizations that that, that are, are the problem. It's it's the, the it's Wall Street. These corporations are nothing more than, than collections of individuals into an entity, and an entity acting in the interests of the individuals to go make money, right? Yeah. And so it's it's not even the the, the corporate. Big pharma right now, basically getting back to the point of the story, um, you know, there was no accountability as a result of Operation Iraqi Freedom. But here, the only difference is, you know, you have uh, scare scare tactics being promulgated by high-level officials within the government. Um, They're doing it to the Senate, openly lying, is is what it appears to be, and they have been for a long time. Uh, The only difference between the, the time before and this one is that the bodies, the hundreds of thousands of bodies, apparently are on our shores this time. It's a little closer to home. And if you're not awake to this yet, like the, the evidence out there, I mean, I, if you listen to, um, there was a podcast I was on yesterday called, called love plus life, uh, equals happiness. It's on my, my, my Twitter, uh, shout out to, to Celine Coleman, who who had me on there. And I discussed, you know, justice Sotomayor, uh, speaking in court openly and actually lying or at least to, to what appears to be lying to the American people, on, on the record uh, saying that you know this this the danger for children is is i don't know Lighting, eight, seven, yeah. eight 7 8 times fold what it actually is in it's relative to hospitalization rate Hundred thousand people is what she said, and, and, and I, I actually—if you don't know about my organization, the Gavel Project—we actually, Dr. McCullough is uh, recently joined our, our organization. He's on the case selection committee. Um, Shout out, Dr. among McCullough, a few other people. That warrior, yeah, he's actually warrior. the person who connected us. So. I know
1: well, that warrior, that man doing God's work. Well, that guy's a total badass. Sorry, keep going.
0: A- anyway, it's—it's um, it's just a, a dangerous. Result. And I think that the way that we, we go about solving this problem really as a society and, um, as, as a country, if we're going to heal and move forward is figuring out, uh, how we're going to hold people accountable this time. And, um, Figuring out what steps we can can take is going to be something that that uh, is garnered from looking back at history and, and I don't have the time to to go and sit down and look at operation Iraqi freedom and and see how it is that the individuals who who were there got charged and I need help my organization needs uh, a, a lot of help we uh, I'm, I'm actually one of the things we're, we're going to talk about today uh, is uh, the the Substack article that I just posted here um, recently and uh, my, my desire to, to have some prominent individuals join uh, the board. And, and um, if, if you don't mind, man, I, I would give you the honor. If, if you, you would please uh, explain to people uh, what it is that I'm doing. I think you're the pretty smart guy. I, th- I think you've probably read the the thing that I sent you. Uh, would you mind explaining to to, to to America what's going on here?
1: So from what I best understand it, you'll probably have to give a better explanation than I did, or I am about to, is it's, I mean, kind of everything we're talking about, right? I mean, a corporation is, and it's not to let them off the hook, but I mean, it's kind of the same, that good Nazi philosophy, I was just following autos, right? I mean, you have the corporations mm-hmm. where they're just pursuing its fiduciary responsibility, which is a much deeper thing, and, you know, it's not just, it. it we see the evil manifest when it's, you know, the military-industrial complex in two thousand three, or if, whether it's the big banks in two thousand eight, or whether it's big pharma in twenty twenty, but we don't really, you know, we don't we don't really care when it's you know good year because you don't notice it. Whatever, yeah, right. Know, That's... there's a tire cartel. You're like, whatever, fuck. I don't give a fuck. You know, whatever. But so what it seems like from what I gathered from your uh, your article, which by the way, yeah, I'll put your article, put the links to your website, Twitter, all that good stuff in the description for everybody uh, listening, um, is is it's these, it's these public institutions, right? I graduated the University of Georgia, and although I don't care at all about sports, shout out Bulldogs. Dogs on top, winning last night. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Devils. <laughs> I didn't even know that. You want to know how detached I am? I didn't know that they were in the national championship until I was seeing Twitter posts about it coming down to the fourth Dude, quarter. I'm, I'm right
0: there with you. I didn't I'm even, so disconnected. I
1: didn't even. I was like, oh, and then I was like, they're playing Bama? And I was like, is this live? And I was like... Oh, that's how detached I am. Anyways. But I graduated I the just University.
0: remembered the semifinals. I thought that I, was the other day. I don't
1: I don't know anything. So I hear you, bro. <laughs> Crazy. With so I graduated the University of Georgia, right? I mean established in seventeen eighty five. Fantastic school. I love it. But I mean, you know, they were they have all these like poultry sciences divisions. They get a bunch of money from like Tyson and Cargill and Conagra. And there are interests. It's just it's just what it is, right? And it's not it's not you know, objectively good or bad. It's just what it is, what it is. You know, I mean, we can look at private institutions like Harvard or something, but all these things, all these medical schools, the private medical schools that, you know, work with, work with hospitals, research hospitals for their physicians to go out and do the residencies. Look, there's, there's money. It's just, but that's just what it is. And I'm not even shitting on it. It's just what it is, right? Joe Rogan's a badass, but you write that hundred million dollar check. Yeah, I'll ditch (sighs) too, right? It's what it is. Okay. So that being said, where do they get a lot of the money right you have all these different divisions and again just like yeah. we're talking about big banks big pharma big you know military industrial complex that's when we see the evil manifest but when it's good year tire or Gatorade you know you don't really care it's whatever so <laughs> we probably don't notice it but i would imagine there's probably lobbying with uh, these public schools or these public colleges about dance class and art class we don't really right like i just said about the poultry sciences division you probably yeah never they, heard of they that.
0: have in fact, I've I've met people from from ASU at at events that are, are literally going to like fundraising events, and I'm not going to say who, and I'm not going to name any names or anything. I'm not going down that road, but it's like they're 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 high level faculty uh, within the institution. And, you know, when you ask them, oh, are you a lobbyist? Because basically what they're telling you is, oh, we're, we're here to meet with people. We want to make connections. We want to do all of these things because it helps the university. And I'm like, oh, you sound like a corporate lobbyist. Is that what you do for the university? And no, no, no. I'm I'm in the whatever department, right? And it's, it's like, wait a minute. Why are you... Why are you not registered, one, as a lobbyist, if that's what you're doing? Because even though you are an agent of, of a state agency, which means you're basically a, a akin to someone working at the motor vehicle division of the state, uh, that's the way a lot of these public institutions are in particular. And this is what I'm talking about. This is the most egregious part of, of what you're saying earlier. You can get back to it. But it's like that. That's that's normal, right? It's just the way it is.
1: Yeah and so again it's it, this happens everywhere and we don't really notice until all of a sudden it, it you know it comes into some place that's that's evil right you just don't, mm. don't you don't care you don't care if it's a little extra sunny into the winter cuz you're like hell yeah it's warm weather it's not until it's flooding or there's snowing that you notice it so something like UGA where there's the poultry sciences division that I don't care about I don't care about it at all I just knew because I was there yeah A lot of people probably don't know about that. So when you start to realize it's with these different divisions, I would imagine there's probably architecture lobby, there's the School of Engineering. But again, you don't care because, it, hey, you know, they're lobbying to use Microsoft. All right, whatever, I don't care. Go dogs, right? It's not until it's something bigger like, say, medical influence, research grants, who's doing this? Who's, you know, hey, that new $500 million biology building, who's that from? Oh, this is the Bob Smith. Well, who's Bob Smith? Oh, he was the former CEO of X Corporation. Yeah. Uh, And it's a game to be played. You have to get these funding. That being said, what we're seeing right now are you determine like, you know, Pfizer, this this program brought to you by Pfizer with all these different news channels. Well, hey, it doesn't take too many brain cells to realize that they might have an interest in not writing anything bad about Pfizer. WAPO doesn't say anything bad about Bezos. J.P. Morgan I mean the literal J.P. Morgan, not the corporation, bought up a bunch of – Why would they damage
0: their own interests, their own stakeholders' interests, right? It's just
1: what it is. So let's just lay that out there for what it is. So Mm -hmm. from what I understood from your article is what we are seeing is the sort of exposure of that system within these colleges, Right. And yes. it's how come there isn't a a Harvard protocol for COVID? You know, every call or every medical school, every medical, you can go to the Mayo Clinic or you can go to Sloan Kettering or you can go to Mass General, or you can go to Dartmouth or, you know, the best neurosurgery thing is here. And, you know, 50% yeah. of all organ transplants in the Western Hemisphere take place at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine's, uh, the Jackson Memorial Hospital. You have different things. Okay, sure. Why don't we have something for COVID-19? Well, where are these grants coming from? It muddies the waters. Mm -hmm. And if you have an incentive to keep this thing going, because like you said, even if you're a nonprofit, well, you still have to have profit to run the thing. You just can't do it haphazardly forever. Mm -hmm. Well, you have an oversized influence. On yeah, I, I think that
0: issues. it's important. That- the point, the point there, Tommy, you, you just made it was so important because we need to, to recognize here, the American people need to understand something. There is, and this is something that I learned. I was, I was blessed enough in college to, to have, um, you know, actually we, we can tie this into this, the original story about my, my, my issues when I was a young man. Um, you know, I got in trouble. I, I went and basically lived in the woods for two months. Um, I, I went and then after that, went to therapeutic boarding school for 10 months. And, and frankly, I was blessed enough as a kid. Um, my, my name is Ryan Heath. You, you, people will figure this out anyway. So if you go back in my lineage, you'll see that I'm, I'm one of the descendants of, of the person who had, who had been to the candy bar, the Heath candy bar. Um, and uh, yeah, so my, my grandfather actually sold, sold the company back uh, in I think the, the late 80s or early 90s before I was born and, and moved my family from a small town in uh southern illinois called robinson to phoenix essentially my dad followed him met my mom and all that but um anyway my, my grandfather uh did what i'm actually very grateful for this today and and i'll explain why later but um he did what i think everyone should do and, and that's enjoy your private property that you're entitled to to the fullest extent of, of your capacity as, as an individual citizen yeah. like it's it's your stuff you should be able to use it and so he spent it and he did oh, yeah. and he spent yeah a lot of money. Um, and, and I know, I don't know if this is going to, I hope this doesn't offend grandma. I'm sorry if it does. Uh just, sorry, grandma. Uh, yeah, sorry, grandma and, and the family, everyone shout out to the Heath family and to the, the Gladwin everyone, everyone on, on both sides of the family. Anyway, um, I, I hope you don't hate me for, for all this. Uh, I know I'm a little, little, uh, out there right now, but, um, he, I had to, I had college paid for as a kid. And, uh, I, I was, you know, I, my sister went to a, a great school and was blessed enough to do that. My brother did as well. Um, but I spent all of my college money on, you know, basically me intention. And I did the same thing. Like I tried, I'm not going to lie. I think it's important to talk about this. I tried to take my life when I, when I was a kid, you know, I I had some, some tough times. I had a hard time dealing with the fact that my entire dream of playing football, uh, my my whole life focus, I'm, I'm, I'm an obsessive type of person a little bit. I, I don't think that's a, a bad thing necessarily. I think Joe Rogan explains this the same way. It's like when you love something, you tend to focus on it very heavily. And I, My entire life's focus was football. I, my body wasn't made for it, I know so that. I got hurt. And
1: To interrupt, I know what you mean. A lot of people yeah, go... Tell um, me. I, I had clinical obsessive compulsive disorder. I did seven months of therapy at a medical school <sighs> with a professional. I, I genuinely... My score on it was one step below hospitalization. But you would never know oh. because I focused it on good grades. So it goes, oh, you're just a good student. It's when after I lost my brother and I got into Xanax and smoking pot and drinking every day, that all of a sudden the Mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive, just like the fiduciary responsibility of these corporations, Goodyear versus Raytheon, you start to go, oh, there's the obsessions. And then now that I'm focusing on the podcast, you just
0: go, oh, that guy just makes that guy just makes a lot of these podcasts.
1: But it's the obsessive compulsive. So sorry, back to you.
0: No, no, it, it's, it's fine. And, and I'm the same way when I, when I love something, I I tend to focus on it entirely. And you know, my, my wife, and my, my children uh, are the same way. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm torn apart right now, dude. Like I, I missed, um, I get emotional sometimes when I, when I talk about this cause I'm just so mad about everything uh, when it comes, I'm really am enraged. I, I mentioned that in my Substack article that I released today uh, that we can talk about later, but um, it's, it, it's anger, genuine anger that, uh, you know, we are in a society. I grew up, I think you're probably the same way. I, I remember growing up and looking around at my friends growing up and and not remembering that, that, that there were not so many pansies uh, out, out there, like among my, my friends, uh, girls and boys, like they're, they're, these are capable people that are just afraid of standing up. And, and frankly, we, we can talk about, um, you know, the ESG scores and the reasons that, that you have a hard time uh, with standing up within your, um, your corporate workplace and the investment, uh, uh, ties behind that and motivations at the end. But, uh, it's like, I want to let people know up until this point right now, I have faced zero harassment. I've been saying that I'm going to vote fo- fo- like fight woke people openly on, on LinkedIn since October. And, like, you should be inspired. Like, feel free to come out and say this. Like, see what happens. It's not that bad.
1: Nothing. Anyway, happens. so. Nothing happens. You get a couple DMs on Instagram saying, you're spreading misinformation. And you say, hey, "Yeah, I like, hope it, you're doing well, did, too. It's
0: like, go swallow the screw, man. I don't but, care. Yeah, it, it was, it's, Malone, it's McCullough,
1: and Rogan are all still alive. So those are the yeah. canaries. So we're good.
0: I'll be a canary. I mean, that's why I'm here. And and I'm I'm hoping that uh, Dr. McCall will will promote this later. He knows I'm coming on. I talked to him about it and uh, he's an awesome guy, but anyway, yeah, you know, I got in trouble and, 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 uh, I ended up getting, uh, when, when I had my second knee surgery and it really broke my heart cause I had been working so hard to, to get into shape and didn't, you know, did not expect that. You know, I'm, I'm i put so much work in, uh, towards that one focus. And it was just right before the season, my junior year, I spent like a bunch of time in a straight leg br- brace, most of, um, I think like six months in total when I was in high school and, and a lost leg brace, in my left knee, like on crutches. And, uh, anyway, I, I just – I did really liked the, the feeling of what the, the drugs provided to me mm-hmm. and um, you know whether it be the, the pain pills that I was snorting. I don't have a septum or whatever on this, this side anymore because I was an idiot and did, I, did a bunch
1: of stuff. I never even snorted, but I still have a messed up septum, septum just because I had like obsessive nose picking when I was little. So I know what you mean. I, I don't even have a cool story. <laughs> I can't even go – I was doing drugs. I'm like I was just a little kid like <laughs> – but, yeah, well, it,
0: ta- it takes people like, like you and I who, who are, are bold enough to follow our obsessions to, to the 10th degree and, and understand and recognize things, um, what's actually happening in society, to, to stand out uh, and fight back. And that's what we're here to do. And so, uh, you know, I, I hit rock bottom and I went and did, did this awesome experience and, and had uh, uh, basically had my ups and downs um, while I was there. Shout out to the people at the Oakley School, by the way, uh, if, if you went there um, anyway. Uh, it was, it was hard, but I, I realized when I got back, I had some, some time off and, and actually I took uh LSD with a buddy one, one time, um, basically in, in, uh January when I was i think nineteen um and before that I was kind of having a rough time in school. I was in community college. I didn't really know what to do with my life i was i failed my first English course i believe uh because i i didn't i got gotten into an argument i believe with the uh the teacher there if I recall correctly over the um the prompt and being able to go inside or outside of the prompt but back to the main point um i uh I basically did that with my buddy and just realized that. It, it was mind boggling. I mean, my, my whole perspective on reality changed. I was working at like Kohl's um, at, and I was also doing valet work uh, for, for another company in town called American ballet. Shout out to the guys there. Uh, anyway. So when, when I did this, the, the very next day, I you know, stayed up all night tripping with my buddy and, and had uh, all these profound realizations really and, um, I quit my job at Kohl's because that sucked. I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning to unload a truck. That was not good. And I realized, like, that night, I can do whatever I want to with, with my life if I just try hard enough. And, uh, frankly, I – so that's what I did. I, I put my mind to it. I met my wife, actually, just a, a few months uh, – within a few few weeks or months of that time, um, you know, I was actually uh, – with another girl at the time. I feel really bad. She, she was a super sweet girl and I, I you know, dumped her in, in not the best way. And, and, um, you know, I was, I was sort of a dick when I was a kid. That was, that was the way I was, I was a hard headed prick and I was confident and I, uh, I'm not, I'm not afraid to to face the, the big take accountability because I understand what, what it takes here. And, um, that's just being totally honest and open. So that's fine. I, like you, I've been through a lot of therapy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, um it, it teaches you to be resilient. And so I worked through school. I paid for it myself. I took an extra year with my wife. I met her when I was 19, got married at 21. Um, knew exactly I actually told her my uncle the night I met her, I texted him because he's the one who introduced us. She she was um, she babysat my cousins. She, she was in uh his my uncle's a teacher. I, I love teachers. I have teachers in my family that they're wonderful people for the most part, not not all of them today, unfortunately, but the you know, I knew a bunch of them I had a bunch of them growing up. Uh, anyway, she was in his fifth grade class and, and so was her older sister and, and they ended up, te- you know, babysitting my, my young cousins then after. And so we, I met her at my cousin's baptism, uh, and, and fell in love immediately, texted my uncle that night cause he was, you know, uh, curious. I, I walk into the, the room and I go, Oh my God, please don't be related to me. And that, that's, you know, I see my wife <laughs> standing there in the aisle of the, the church and, um, she wasn't. And, and I texted my, my uncle, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to marry this girl that night. I knew. And I, I did. Um, I, cause she's exactly what I wanted. She's just, she's smarter than I am in a lot of ways and she challenges me and she pushes me. Um, and she wanted to be a mom and wanted to be a stay at home mom. And that's, that's what I, I, I've been working for with her for the last, you know, uh, it's today actually is our anniversary. Happy, happy anniversary, Jordan. Oh, I love you. Happy anniversary. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, we've been together since I, I it's, my life is so out of control. I don't even remember. I feel like such an asshole right now. Uh, she, she reminded me this morning again, of course. Uh, anyway, years. Since, since I was, I'm 29. So I, I was 19 when I met her. So that was 10 years, I guess, we've been together and been married for seven now or something. And Hell yeah. we have two daughters. And um, anyway, I just worked my way through school. I ended up graduating from law school debt-free uh, through hard work. I, I had great jobs as, as a young man. And I, I didn't go to football games in the weekends because I was working every Saturday. Um, you know, I work hard, play hard, and um, I'm I'm an intense person. And people are gonna see me and, and think that I'm arrogant, think that I'm uh, all of these things. Yeah, well, a little bit. I'm, I'm I am a little bit. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It's just who I am. And um, I just don't care. And that's that. Perhaps why I am the right person to go out and do this. Uh, you can look at my past and dump whatever you want on me. But anyway, I I got a huge scholarship to go to a wonderful law school um I, I was in sales before that for a year in a, a tech tech startup i uh, really enjoyed that and ha- had a great time i learned a lot of uh, critical things about resilience because when you get told to f off a hundred times a day on the phone trying to call restaurants you know to sell them stuff it's i mean dude i was,
1: it, I've, i I always tell people there's a 99 percent rejection rate trying to get podcast guests man your skin gets thick real quick tommy i'm oh, not yeah, interested it's like, appreciate it peace
0: <laughs> See you later, right?
1: Yeah, next. I,
0: I, yeah. I'm I'm hoping to to get on a lot of shows. So anyone want, that wants to talk to me, please reach out. This is what I'm doing. I'm trying to spread the word and educate people on the Constitution. But anyway, um, I, I go to the school uh, with my wife. We move out there. We end up having a baby our, our, our second year. So, you know, out, out of nowhere, I'm, I'm a few weeks out from my second uh, second year uh, first semester, and my, I'm doing flashcards in the delivery room with my wife like prepping for, I had been up 24 hours. The day before, I had a big um, statutory compilation for, for Will's Trust and Estates to turn in and uh, went to the delivery room and took a nap. And Anyway, it's, you can work hard. You, you can do what you need to do. And, and I was blessed enough to have an opportunity to go to Regent where, where my professor, actually, um, I don't know where that, that pocket constitution is. It's in my backpack somewhere. Uh, basically, I, I learned how to interpret the constitution from Justice Alito. He was my professor. There's actually a class oh, cool. in D.C. right now. Shout out to the people in D.C. taking constitutional interpretation from Justice Alito, um, from Regent University School of Law. It's, it's a really well kept secret in the, the legal uh, community. If you're a kid right now and you want to make a difference in this world and you want you want to actually uh, understand how things work and have the power to change things. Go to Regent University School of Law. You will have an excellent education and it will empower you um, to do what, what I'm doing, to go fight back, to, to actually make a difference. Or, or if you're mad and, and you want to, to do something, uh, th- the whole way you do that with your life is through education. You're, you're familiar with this as well, it seems like, right? You spend a lot of time reading, a lot of time thinking. Um, and that's what I'm all about. I want to promote that. And I want to make sure people know that um, you know it's not okay to, to make the, 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 the opportunity to have an education, which is really is uh, the fundamental opportunity in our society today for anyone who might have a hope of climbing out of a terrible situation. Like if you grew up, I, I said this the other day, if you're in South Central LA, um, my heart goes out to you. If you're, you're you're somewhere like that in a neighborhood where you don't you weren't born into the best of circumstances. And, and you know, the, I, I my sister-in-law was a teacher. and uh, she she's taught uh, through I think one of the, the the initiatives where she had her her tuition paid back. So she went into some of the, the the needier schools and was a special needs teacher. And it's like a lot of these kids today, people don't realize um, they're, the only food that they get throughout the day is from the schools in America. There is a, a problem, really, with, with irresponsibility in this nation. Um, and everyone should should try to empower themselves through education. If you're trying to, to make the, the basic opportunity in life to, to get an education um, contingent upon sacrificing your physical autonomy to the state, that's slavery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's your body. When you don't control your body, what are you? You're not free. It's not Liberty. You understand this. Um, And so as a father of young children uh, with, with a lot of skill set and and a lot of, a lot of blessing with a a strong, amazing wife who, who is is incredibly intelligent and talented. And um, you know, was a super big help in in create doing this and taking a risk with me and and making this investment. I mean, we're, we're so far out on a limb right now. I, I, we sold a car back in August, man, uh, my truck. And, uh, we can't afford to buy a new one because all, all the money is, is put in this thing. Uh, we, we really knew that this is we, when the institutions fail, it's like build new institutions. That's what I'm about.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's what I learned to do at Regent. not that, that's what, um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do here. And, uh, so that's, that's why Dr. McCullough, when I, when I told him about what was happening at the, the academic institutions, which we can get back to in a, here in a minute, um, he was on board. Like it was, it was, he understood immediately that the ramifications of what this, this article that's on my, my sub stack called uh, universities and the COVID-19 money trail. Uh, he, he got it. He understood what that was all about because it's really, when you, when you look at the way that our higher education institutions are funded uh, under a bit of a microscope, the opportunity for corruption is, is rampant. And you, you mentioned earlier, we were going back to the, the, the lobbying, it's like, it's not even just out external donors and trying to, to get big pharma to sign you contracts where there are gag clauses on these contracts that permit you from basically going out as a, as a professor and saying anything that the, the funder doesn't like, um, which is disgusting and everyone should know about that. Um, there's no such thing as objective research anymore in America. It hasn't been that way in a long time. Uh, anyway, when, you take a look at the funding and the way that these institutions have changed historically uh, relative to a few things and you think about it a bit critically, you start to understand that um, basically there is opportunity for entities and if you you really think about it, foreign nations are corporations. Uh, People have made this point time and time again. The United States even is a corporation. They just have a monopoly on the gun, on violence. That's the only thing they have as opposed to Tesla if Tesla had the opportunity to engage in violence and we we gave them that, that power as citizens, um, then that would be permissible so long as we follow the right standards. But obviously that's, that's a whole different theoretical conversation here. But um, going back to the point, it's like we need to protect uh, our children today from really abject, the abject sacrifice of liberty, because if we don't, I mean, if we don't fight back now, we don't start funding people like me who are taking steps and, and, and really um, going out on a limb um, to to try stuff. It's like, who else has the answers? I got I got some of them. I got some ideas on how to try it. Give me a shot, please. Like, I if I could raise, you know, I told this to, to um, I told this to, to Dr. Uh, McCullough uh, the other day. It's like if I could raise two million dollars if people could hear me out and and actually give me a shot and and let me hire lawyers and go find lawsuits that then use my creativity to really set things up well for, for, for optimal outcomes. Um, I could fight this thing nationally. I I could go to law fair from New York to, to LA and, and really make a difference. I'm actually talking to a bunch of people that are doing this already. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep rambling. No, dude, I'm the king of the ramble.
1: So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice break. I ramble nonstop, dude. I I actually do episodes by myself, just called solo rants, and it's where I just <laughs> start yelling about shit. Uh, and I, I had, start doing that. Yeah, I have like twenty of them, man, and they're all about Cold War and stuff. I can actually, yeah, I can actually put you in touch with someone who's also mm-hmm. trying to set up like a. She's been a lawyer for twenty years. I can actually put you in touch with her. She's a. She's, she's kind of spearheading the, the fight against all of this in New York. Um, but, yeah, it's it's. It's when the institutions fail, right? To, to go way back to the psychedelics, you know, I was always, mm-hmm. I always looked at them skeptically and I tried them for the first time the day after I graduated college. And I, I had the same realization you did. I was out meditating in a field like by a mm-hmm. lake and I had the realization that I can do anything if I just got into medical school. Wait, I can do anything. Or as my uncle who's a doctor said, if you're smart enough to get into medical school, you're smart enough to do what you love and make money doing it. And yeah. so when you have that realization and people might say, Well, that's so far beyond the scope of what you guys are talking about. It's really not, because what those experiences also show you, I've used psychedelics five times in my life. The last time I used them was the realization. <laughs> the last time I took the last time I took a man was twenty sixteen. I took I uh, took about 12 hits of acid and a whole bunch and about an eighth of mushrooms. And I realized that I was like, Oh, I'm I'm teetering towards suicide. Not because of the psychedelics, but my life is where it was going. Right. I was doing it. was going out of control, right? Yeah. And that's when I realized I needed to move home to my parents' house in 2016 at the age of 26. It sucked, dude. And I love my parents, but I mean, you don't want to do that. And so there was five years of that. But the point is, is when you have these realizations, these it's, it lays out the foundation for knowing that I just did an episode yesterday with uh, Joseph Selby about his book, The Physics of God, which is about the marriage between science and spiritualism. But when you have mm-hmm. these realizations, they're not, they're not untopical. They're not ethereal or out there. You realize that there are fates far worse than death, that this is all finite, that we're here for a little bit. And really the only thing to do, the only reason why we live in a nation, the re- reason why we have you know drywall instead of mud walls that we have lights and electricity it's cuz people do the right thing and there's a lot of bad actors but people doing the right thing is why we get to live in the world we live in it's the reason why you can't yeah, go down it's to the cooperation, right? it's the reason why you can't go down to the market and buy a slave is because people do the right thing against all odds and yeah. push forward so with that when you do the right thing you realize what's going on and you can't say no you you have to stand up for what you believe in. It doesn't matter. And like you said, you know, you, it's you come out and you're like, oh, man, people are going to hate me. And then you start kind of talking the truth. And some people do, but they're nobodies. The vast majority of people, it's not that they hate or support you.
0: They just don't pay attention.
1: You know, it's like, yeah, I know it was yeah. like,
0: but the, the, the people that, that do it's like they they give you a, a one off email yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. it's actually kind of polite. You yeah. just
1: say, OK, oh, I'm, I'm not always polite, but I would just, you know, regardless, my response is polite. God bless. But. So, when you're looking at this and you start speaking your truth, man, courage is contagious, and you start realizing, yeah. wait, I'm not the only one seeing this. Listen, man, if you want to get the vaccine, go for it. If you want to go do heroin, sure. go for it. If you want abortion, go for it. If you want to change gender, Dude, go, all go legal for law. it. It's all. Every, it's all. Everything. I am go for it. The problem is, is when if you start to give the government this authority now, it will never be repealed after nine eleven, right, we got to start doing domestic surveillance, it will never be repealed. And so what happens is, what happens is, is it will further encroach. And right now, if we think that like, hey, you got to have vaccine mandates to be able to, you know, go to Walmart or something, well, now you're using a product from a private company, Pfizer, and now they are a fiduciary company that's based on making money is now their thing. You have to... If you had to download my podcast on Spotify to own a cell phone, do you think there's a little conflict of interest? You might say, dude, I just want a phone to access you know, Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I go, no, you got to download my podcast. People will go, hey, that guy has a direct uh, interest in this, right? So yeah. why should I have to go get a Pfizer or whatever, Moderna, to be able to use the subway? You start to see that problem, right? And then not only that, you can start using that as leverage against people you don't like and if you're in political power and all of a sudden here's a guy that i can't arrest because he has different political views than me but ha he doesn't have the newest booster well now you can start affect people like that so what i'm yeah, getting at is, is dangerous man just you just have to start moving in the right direction of what you know is right and don't harm anyone else not we gotta take him to death no because now you're just as bad as them yes you have to speak it's, it's a peaceful truth. response is exactly. the correct response. you know i'm out here i'm pushing for free speech. If Anthony Fauci wanted to come on here and tell me why he thinks he's right, I'd listen to him. I'd treat him like a gentleman. <laughs> he, doesn't, like, he doesn't want to go anywhere and it, tell anyone why he's right. He just well, wants to say that he's right. But the point is if, is if Dick Cheney wanted to come on here and tell me why the Iraq war was just, I would hear him out like a gentleman yeah. because I believe in the freedom of expression. You have to realize that these little things, it's not about a vaccine. It's not about uh, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's about these basic Things. We have these companies, yeah. these corporations, right? 2009, the pandemic, right? We know about, or not the pandemic, the opioid epidemic. We have these things, 2003, the weapons of match destruction, Colin Powell and the UN with the yellow cake. Listen, we've seen it happen with the Gulf of Tonkin. We know these interests exist. We know it time and time again that they exist. You know, back in the 50s, nine out of 10 doctors recommend lucky strikes, light up, right? So it was, it's,
0: we've seen it so many
1: times. So if you look at these things, so there's one aspect, you can see the patterns in history. And then the next thing you, you can just plant your feet and go, it's not about vaccine. It's about freedom of speech. It's about freedom of assembly. It's about knowing that the government can't have this power. It's not necessarily about the vaccine. If you want to go for it, it's not necessarily about that. It's an entity telling you that you have to do this. That's one less liberty you have. So really, you can find great peace when you go, there are the precedents and the patterns. Number one, what am I standing for? No government overreach, freedom of speech, autonomy over my body. And then number three, it's a peaceful response. I'm not saying, hey, we're going to get a bunch of C4. No, no, I don't, I don't want no, any of that it's fed shit. I don't need any of that. You just plant your feet and you stand for what you know is right and you just move forward. And it's very once you lay it out like that, it's it's very it's pretty simple. And not only that, instead of bashing someone else over the head and going, you know, they think vaccines are good and you think these are bad. No, instead of that, you go, hey, 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 what's the common ground we have here? I know you're for it. I'm like, what's the common ground? We can we can probably all agree that we should have autonomy over our bodies, right? Sure, we should probably all agree that you know I disagree with what you say, but I'll defend I'll defend to your de- to my death your right to say it. I just butchered that. It's these pretty common things. And when you can boil mm. it down to, hey, man, we are all on the same page on this. And these these, it's, a, it's an illusion, us versus them. No, no, no. It's the same tippy-top group of people that have been screwing us over for decades and centuries, even within our lives. So yeah, you know, that's kind of my rant on that is you just have to see it. You have to stand up because if you're not willing to, you can't expect anyone else to. You can't demand anyone else to, right? And just go forward with peace and know where you stand. Do it passionately. Do it obsessively like we both do. And move forward. And it's really, once you do that, man, I mean, you make your peace. And it's very easy to do it. And the people that scream <clears> at you and send you emails, hey, man, they're not sending emails because they don't like what you said about wokeness. Those are unhappy people, and it's manifesting as an email. They're just looking for a fight to pick. So, that's Yeah, those, those
0: people, people are miserable. Yeah, and and they, they have no... Like and who knows? This goes back to the university thing, though, and it, it happens so much to do with, with what I, I wrote. Hey, hey,
1: real, real, real quick. Uh, yeah, pl- go ahead. Plug your plug your Twitter and tell them where to find you. I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, anyone interested in supporting us, um, you, you can find me on, on uh, Twitter at Ryan underscore L underscore Heath. And uh, the first letters there, the R, the L, and the H are all capital. So. Uh, Ryan underscore L underscore Heath uh, and the first, uh, the, the initials, they're all capitals. So you can, you can find me there. Uh, that's also my, my gab and my getter. You can follow me there. Uh, you can check out my website, which is the And I've also got a, a sub stack uh, that I, I started today and it's actually um, the, it wasn't started today. I'm sorry. I, I had my, one of my, my wonderful volunteers came in and, and, and helped out with this. But um, it's, I'm actually going to find that for you right now and, and read that because it's so new to me as well. Um, but it is the Gavel Project newsletter. It's the Uh You can support me. And actually the, the article that we're, we're about to really discuss in depth here uh, about universities, uh, uh, the endowment funds, all of those things are, are up there. And I also have a, another announcement. I know I mentioned earlier that I had uh, Dr. McCullough joining the team but uh, there, there's an article up there right now for, for anyone who, who's interested uh, that is uh, inviting Joe Rogan, actually, to, to join the, um, the Gavel Project as a case selection committee member and Brett Weinstein as well. And so if there's anyone uh, listening to this, if you like what I'm saying and you want to support the fight and uh, want to, to demonstrate um, your support, you, you can do so by visiting our website, thegavelproject.com. And, uh, you can also petition those people. Um, I, I'm, I'm also looking to talk to, uh, Robbie, the, the fire Bernstein. Uh, he's one of the first guys that had me on. He's, he's a financial sort of guy, uh, and has, has that background. Uh, Clint Russell from, from Liberty, uh, Liberty Lockdown is, is also uh, joining a, the case selection committee and then a few physicians. So, um, we're, we're going for it. Uh, Dave Smith as well. If you're, you're out there listening, I'm, I want to talk to you. So I know you're coming to Phoenix, man. Hey, dude, Hit me up. Or let's grab some, let's grab some beers and, and get to know each other a little bit. Uh, I, I got some ideas on, on how to, to make a big difference here in society. And um, there, there's actually the, the, the news release Tommy. Do you mind doing me the honor and explain to people what I, I sent you that PDF before? Um, I, didn't have, I I didn't I, have
1: time to look at that. I read the article you sent.
0: Yeah, so if you actually, everyone should check out my 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 Substack for this. Um, I'm starting a, a new room on Clubhouse. Actually, uh, it, it's called the Gabble Project. The first episode is tonight. I actually Tommy, I'd love for, if you could join us if you're not not too busy. It's going to be uh, 8, eight o'clock Eastern, so that's uh, six o'clock my time. Uh, and we're just going to talk about the Constitution a bit. I'm, I'm going to have people up with me, different attorneys, different people from around. Uh, invite whoever wants to to come up and actually have a conversation, have some questions answered. It's all for educational purposes and. Tommy's got a uh, disclaimer that I sent to him. I'll send him a, an audio link uh, to, to plug into the beginning of this podcast, uh, explaining that this that none of this is, is legal advice, but um, it's the same thing. It's basically just an educational opportunity for you as a citizen who, who might have some issues to come learn about how we can perhaps resolve our issues. And, and really um, the, the whole organization I, I mentioned um, – uh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. That, that's, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a lawyer and an entrepreneur. I build and I organize people to, to solve complex problems. And so uh, what I envision here, and I think you're, you're going to appreciate this, is basically a fourth branch of government. I heard this this phrase once called the Madisonian Institute. And what that is, is, is a group of well-informed citizens, people like, you know, you would be a great example. Had I met you earlier, I would have I loved to, to invite you. I have seven people already on my, my committee Um, At least if these people, one of these guys backs out, dude, you're you're on your next. I'm I'm inviting you right now. So you can fill one of these spots, but essentially well-informed citizens who are honest, who who are trustworthy, who who do things like you and I do and go out and and don't have any, um, don't care what other people think about them and just care about the truth and pursuing truth and pursuing justice. If you're trying to like inject children with hormones to change their sex, even though kids, um, you know, aren't smart enough to, 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 make wise decisions about anything and can't even, you know, f- feed themselves half the time until they're, they're almost out of the house in high school these days. It's like, what? Yeah. Abigail Schreier's book shows clearly that this is a, a objectively bad idea. And so um, my organization just exists to basically meet. We're going to have uh, guests come on, our, our case selection committee members, uh, like Dr. McCullough and, and, Di- and, and like hopefully Joe Rogan. So, so please uh, hit him up on, on Twitter, tell him to, to hit me up. But the idea is, We're going to have conversation once a month. We'll get together off the camera. And then uh, we'll talk about the cases that are being applied to. Because we're a 501c3 organization, we have an application process for anyone who wants representation. You can go to my website, thegavelproject.com slash contact. Uh, submit your inquiries right there. There's a whole whole process. You, you can explain what's going on. We'll consider your cases once a month. I'll have someone uh, writing synopsis of each of what's going on. Uh, getting these to our case selection committee members like Dr. McCullough. We'll talk about what's happening in society, you know, generally, because th- people can petition them during the month. You can hit them up on Twitter and say, hey, I sent you an application about my employer being an a-hole or this corporation poisoning the water or whoever it is. Like, Who's the bad guy in America's society? point it out to us. Mm -hmm. We'll have a conversation about it off the camera. And then afterwards, once we make a decision about who they are, I'm going to go fight them with my, my lawyers and you guys can come on and explain whoever picks them, um, why it is we chose that case and what we're doing. So it's, it's a check.
1: So to kind of the overarching theme of this podcast. So it's, you know, it's, it's illustrating like, you know, not just that there's, you know, there's some, clearly there's some fraud, there's some, uh, gets a little hairy with what's going on with the pandemic and the rollout of mm-hmm. of treatment. But you know, you know, rather your article focused in on one aspect of it, uh, at colleges. Why don't you know the like Yeah, let's said, go the, back to that. Yeah, the money trail. So but what I'm getting at is it's okay, so we've identified the problem. We've identified, you know, it's it's always people always like to they they think they're doing something when they're pointing out a problem, right? They're like, there's, you know, there's homeless people and that's bad. And you know, they pat themselves on the back and it's like, well well, what are you going to do about it? And they're like, well, I tax the... And it's like, well, hold on. Well, So we can sit here, right, which we've been doing. We've been talking about how bad things how bad things are and what, what's going on right now and infringements on mm-hmm. liberties. We focused on one part, what's going on at colleges, right? Instead of just, we get the media and big tech and vaccine. No, 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 let's just focus on one part, right? Now, with that, what is the Gavel Project... Going to do? Because again, you and I can point out everything wrong with the world. You can be yeah, like, there's exactly. dolphins eating plastic. That's bad. What are we going to do about it? So, what so, is it that to kind of win people over for, and to have them follow you or donate or whatever? What is it that the Gavel Project is and what is it going to do to fight what is going on right now? What is, what yeah. is your remedy?
0: So, we're a nonprofit law firm. And um, basically, imagine if I was sitting in the background of a podcast like the Joe Rogan experience where he had someone like you and Brett and all of these other people that that are well-educated academics, technical experts, uh, you know, computer scientists, things like that, to analyze these cases that are being petitioned to us by the American people. And the the American people can support us openly. It's it's a crowdsource funded operation entirely. We don't have any special interests. We're not looking for that. Uh, What we do have instead, you know, it, We'll take donations from businesses if you want to give us a donation, but I'm not not doing any favors to anybody. The case selection committee is autonomous and they're they're going to talk about what's happening in society. Like who, who are the problem makers who are causing our, our biggest problems? They're going to, they're going to, in, in a podcast sort of form off the air, they're going to, I'm going to explain to them what can be done about it. You know, my, my thoughts on it, because I'm a super creative attorney who, who comes up with all these crazy arguments to, to do things like file writs of bandamus against, um, you know, Corrupt prosecutors who are just not bringing charges. We could talk about that later. Uh, I, I have ideas to solve the, the issue of riots across this country, and I, I want to talk about that. I want to solve those issues. Um, you know, b- basically, I have this this unique capacity, I think you're in the same boat, Tommy, a bit, to to really think outside the box and think critically about how to solve problems. And going to law school empowered me uh, as a very hardworking individual with a lot of grit and with a lot of uh, work ethic, is my strongest value, to really uh, tackle complex problems in a a very uh, gifted way. And and, uh, so I'm just gonna be sitting in the background listening and then coming up with potential solutions and being like, okay, now that we've identified America's biggest asshole, it's this person this month, I'm gonna go come up with a plan to go figure out how to solve the problem and take, like, give justice to the people. Because right now we have this two-tier justice system in an American society. Um, where you know, certain groups of individuals uh, don't get charged with crimes. And it happens keep, to be the highest orders. But keep,
1: keep monologuing that I think the maintenance Yeah, so on the door. It, ha- it
0: happens to be the, the highest orders of our society when it comes to politicians, when it comes to all of these individuals. And I'm just the type of person who has the capacity to think outside the box and come up with solutions to actually hold these individuals accountable. And that's what my organization is aimed to do. So tonight. On the Clubhouse app. Actually, shout out to the guys at Clubhouse. I want to talk to you about building out this platform and doing some different things uh, in my channel uh, to make it a bit more interesting. So, so give me a give, shoot, go to my website, thegavelproject.com, go to the, the um, contact page. I think we can improve a, a few things if we work together. And uh, it, also, people at Gitter, you should rename that. That's terrible. Uh, side point. Going back to uh, what I was saying, we need an institution empowering citizens, because right now we we all see the democratic process, politicians, these crowning capitalists, um, aren't held held accountable. Uh, So my sole focus is to find ways to hold America's biggest a-holes accountable on behalf of the people so that we really do have a rule of law. We really do have a, a, a system of justice that is enforced equally across the board and things are just going to be more fair. That, that's the idea. I want to, to promote equality of opportunity, uh, opportunity to compete, because that is the most beautiful thing about the American dream. And yes, yeah, so, some people are born into these uh, horrific circumstances. I, 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 my heart goes out to all, all the kids um, you know, born in, into to places like inner city Chicago, where the, the, the murder rate is so high and the violence rate is so high. But, you know, we, we should be doing things in, in um, a manner as to be narrowly focused to achieve these problems. And that's that's why the vaccine mandate is, is so ridiculous and these mask mandates, uh, by the way, we can talk about the reasoning, what I'm doing and my arguments for, for why uh, these are actually unconstitutional and illegal, maybe on, on another podcast, but in essence... Uh, you just need to be empowered to understand what it is that you're doing uh, with, with your respect to your rights. How, how does the Constitution work? What happens uh, if someone you know, steps on, on my, my liberty and, and uh, happens to be um, you know, getting away with it because they have the right politicians? They're in the right pockets because you know, corporations today, in the most ridiculous case ever, Citizens United, uh, are given First Amendment protections under the Constitution. It's like, no, 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 they're not citizens. They don't They don't speak. Justice Roberts, I'm talking to you. I, I, I just think that the concept is is ridiculous, uh, and th- these packs, these, these money in politics, is the worst thing that ever happened to American society. And We need to get we need to solve that problem. And that's that's my aim. I'm a problem solver, mm-hmm. and so um, if you give me the resources and let me hire people, I've got potential solutions to these problems. Uh, if you can go to my, my website and donate, we're not even a tax exempt status uh, organization at this time. We're hoping to have. That's solved really soon. But um, the time is now to fight. Like, these kids are being... If you're in California uh, and and you're a child, which I'm actually going back out there to go fight for these kids. I'm leading children. Um, It's the the saddest thing ever. Uh, All the adults in the room are gone, so now kids have to go and stand up for their own liberties um, and and put themselves, like, in in potential danger. Like, they could be... These kids could be arrested, you know, for, for, Mm -hmm. for just simply taking off a mask, which is a fundamental free speech right. Like, thats that's your fund your right to disagree with the, with the political orthodoxy being you know shoved down your throat is the reason that the first amendment exists it's to to consider and think freely there is no distinction you might appreciate this time between the idea on a fundamental level the idea between uh, speech and choice th- those two concepts are indistinguishable what i mean by that is um but what is communication let's break this down a bit Communication um, first. Real,
1: real quick, so sorry for everybody listening. There's my refrigerator's been like flooding my apartment <laughs> all day. so there's a guy with like an industrial vacuum right now. So I'm gonna mute my microphone. Um, yeah, and we keep going. I can do about 30 more minutes. So okay, yeah, we can, can, we can we'll get around No, no, and we're, and we're definitely gonna do another podcast. But just so you know, so if we wanna start focusing like laser focus on what it is that exactly, yeah. So people know. Sorry, I'm gonna mute myself now, so you don't hear this.
0: I'm so sorry, dude. I, I totally lost it there. What were we talking about? I'll, I'll go right back to it. If you give yeah,
1: me no, no, you're good. So, I, you know, identifying the problem and what is it that the Gavel Project and you are going to do to to fight yeah, what okay. is going on right now? Specifically, like what are, what are you going to do as someone with, you know, your lawyer? What are, yeah. what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. So in essence here, the, the, the goal going back to it is to, to have discussions about what's happening in society, identify the sources of those problems, whether it be corporation, foreign nation, state, federal government, I don't care. And um, if there is not justice being done, and if the people petition the people on my, my case selection committee sufficiently, and they decide based on, on our conversation off the air, that it, that it is something worth pursuing, we will accept that case. Like right now we have kids I, I have a temporary case selection committee. and that, That's how we ended up in California. They, they chose um, a place in in the the nice Southern California area that happens to be very favorable for a free speech argument. Uh, that relative to, to you know mask mandates, taking them off is an act of free speech. It's protected by the First Amendment. Uh, it's because your actions speak louder than your words. That that literally is the, the standard from the Supreme Court. If your intended meaning in engaging in conduct. Is is reasonably likely to be understood by an objective observer as you know having that meaning? That the Supreme Court says very clearly is expressive speech. It's, it's protected conduct by the First Amendment. It's the same thing as burning a flag. It's the same thing as um, you know refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. It, the, comparatively though, you know, refusing to wear a seatbelt, not protected speech because someone looking at the action wouldn't understand it as conveying intended meaning. You know, it's very simple. But back to the point here, I just want to to start solving society's problems. So basically, they'll have the conversation, they'll pick the cases we're going to take on as a law firm, and then we'll go, I'll go with my team, I'll lead a bunch of lawyers and paralegals and such. To go out and basically engage in lawfare on behalf of the citizens, on behalf of, of truth and justice, on behalf of you know, because we don't have that right now in America, and it's time for it to actually change. It. So that's my solution. I'm I'm a problem solver, and this is just a, a solution to America's problems of um, the lack of the rule of law, essentially.
1: So. <clears throat> What is, what is your immediate focus? Like, so what is your, yeah, so, your, your, your starting point? Like me, like I started this podcast, I, I had a friend on just so I could have episode <laughs> one. And when I had episode one, I used that to convince someone else to come on and say, you don't have to be the first episode and on and on. And you get this guest and say, look, I've had this person on. So what is, what is yeah. like the first baby step? What is it going to be with colleges and the flow of money? Or is it going to be with children and vaccine and mask mandates in California?
0: Okay. So for first, um, uh, the first focus is ending COVID nineteen government mandates nationally. The, the, the derivative what, what you read is is the a, is a result of my looking for opportunities to pursue litigation. Shout out to anyone at the University of Virginia, by the way. If you happen to be or know someone who was there and had one of the kids that was disenrolled a week before classes started because you exercise your First Amendment right to choose what goes on with your body to express yourself. Um, Because fundamentally, you know, you have to choose what it is you're going to say before you can even speak. The, the, the concepts are indistinguishable because of that. It, it's every time. Um, anyway, uh, that's, that's a violation of your First Amendment rights. And I, I was curious about suing that school in particular because of the egregious nature. And basically... Uh, it's a it's a very interesting argument. You can check it out on my website if you're more if you want to actually learn the nuances and how how cool it is with the, the precedent flipping and all that. It's on the articles section of my website. It's also on my Substack. I believe it, it might be there. Um, but dot com. You can see it there, or uh, you can go to the Substack too, which is thegavelproject.substack.com. dot dot com. Anyway, so I, I stumbled. I was curious because I was looking at the, this this college, the University of Virginia, because of what they did, and um, I was trying to figure out. Where is their money coming from? Like, what's happening with the revenue streams? Because that's the thing you look into when you're doing research about some target that you might be interested in suing for these civil rights sorts of violations, right? And so, What I discovered was that uh, this is actually a common occurrence at nearly all of the schools across the United States. Uh, This is why when when Dr. McCullough keeps pointing out and and uh, Dr. Malone keeps pointing out that there are 300 uh, plus, you know, 300 universities, uh, medical institutions in the United States, but not one has a a COVID protocol, uh, it's because every single financial interest in the at the university level for the people acting in the universities, these state agents, uh, is, is incentivizing them to, to well, it, it appears as though it is incentivizing them to act in a, a manner that is antithetical to American society interests. And uh, they actually, if you look at their, their financial records going back, it appears as though because they, they have these, uh, if, if you don't know what an endowment fund is, um, we were talking about this earlier. One of the things that I, I learned when I was working in college from, from a brilliant man who was a, a board member actually of AT&T. I was working at a golf course. I had the privilege of meeting this man. And he goes, look, kid, there's no such thing as a, a nonprofit organization. You got to be in the black if you want to continue as, a, as a, a business entity. That's a corporation to nonprofit entity. There's no such thing, right? So they have to have revenue streams. And in addition to tuition, which is another side issue, uh, these, these university bureaucrats, after, after paying themselves hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, and these people are indistinguishable from the guy who's sitting behind the counter at the, the motor vehicle division relative to the taxpayer, right, um, which is crazy. The, the, the university president, uh, uh, Mr. Ryan, uh, uh, I think it's Jim Ryan, I, I don't recall exactly, at the University of Virginia, by the way, he has an $800,000 salary a year. Okay, why why is it that um, there are 40 people at the University of New Mexico that make over $400,000 a year when the the governor makes like $120,000 a year? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, the value added to the taxpayer comparatively is clear. It it just doesn't make any sense. And so that's what happens when you have state agencies like universities, public universities, uh, controlled uh, the way they're controlled is they're set up basically by the, the legislature. They're granted authority. Um, they they have a board of trustees who are individuals appointed by politicians a lot of times uh, to oversee the university and guide the university. Well, they they happen to realize at some point after you know the, the mid 2000s ish uh, that the Yale model where they they actually take a, a principal a bunch of money and use compounding interest, meaning they invest that money lucratively, uh, if they do so uh, well enough over time and they make enough money in the principle they build up, uh, up enough compounded interest money, like billions of dollars, they can actually have a huge, you know, revenue, guaranteed revenue stream uh, that d- is not contingent upon anything but the investments. And so they actually went out and they created these, uh, these, these nonprofit agencies, essentially. They're nonprofit corporations that are affiliates of the university. So for example, uh, the University of Virginia has the University of Virginia Investment Management Company. That's Uvimco. Uh, Harvard has the, the Harvard Management uh, Company. And these are, are basically organizations charged with overseeing the endowment fund and investing these endowment funds. Well, looking at this, I, I thought it was, it was peculiar that You have basically a bunch of people from from BlackRock and Deutsche Bank, and all of these really like crazy Wall Street um, entities. I mean, we all know that BlackRock in particular has 10% of the, the world's wealth at $9.9 trillion uh, invested in the market, and uh, a huge portion of their interest, their, their financial stake on the line, is invested in China. So you have people who work for a corporation who have financial interests literally bet against America and and an enemy of the American people who are sitting on the boards of these nonprofit uh, entities. This is happening apparently at at all across the the, uh, spectrum at America's higher education institutions, right? Wall Street bankers are sitting on the boards. and, And what's crazy is you have high level university administrators now also sitting on the boards of these Investment firms and all of these people, as you mentioned earlier, have a fiduciary duty to grow the fund to the extent possible. That's their whole job is to basically make money. So let's let's take some numbers here and look at what happened Um, between June 2019 and June 2020. The University of Virginia and I'm using them as an example had uh, their their principal invested was 9.9 billion dollars at the beginning of that period. Right at the end of that period, they had a relatively comparative market return of like three and a half percent. What happened then? COVID, obviously. So we have to take that into account when it comes to the return. Well, uh, well what happened? Well, you have these, these high-level university executives who, by the way, employ um, all of the nation's public health experts, which is crazy. They they actually are, are overseeing this billion-dollar fund, and, and they also, at the same time, have a duty to grow that fund. And they employ the people who are in charge with basically giving us, the American people, the, the proper um, understanding of the market, you know, over which they are overseeing, like they, they literally have fiduciary duties. And these, these administrators are paid, um, if actually uh, President Ryan, for example, was given a $200,000 bonus at the end of, of what happened the, the year, the fiscal year, that I'm, about, I'm about to explain here. So um, what's interesting is that it seems as though uh, they they are paid these bonuses for undisclosed reasons. You don't like even if you try to find out what's happening with where the money is being invested. For example, you can file FOIA requests. They'll they'll fight you on those. They don't want to show you how they actually are investing these billions of state taxpayer dollars. I mean, when you have Bain Capital sitting on your board and the, the, the you you get to control billions of state uh, taxpayer dollars. That there is an opportunity at least is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying anything happened, but we need to investigate this and see whether or not these organizations, these wall street firms who have huge investments, um, in, uh, these pharmaceutical industries or companies, uh, likely, and, and who realize that they changed their investment portfolio portfolio. Actually, you can see it going back to the numbers, uh, June, 2020 to June, 2021. What's really interesting. I'm so sorry for ranting here, but the, uh, they had a 50% return on investment. They went from 3.5% return on their $9.9 billion fund to a $14.5 billion fund by the end of that year. You can see that they actually, despite not disclosing the full principle of of the way their investment is disclosed, they do explain, you can see on their public disclosures on their website, that they shifted their investment portfolio to, to a couple of different areas like research and development, um, things like uh, pharmaceutical, biomedical research, it appears they, they, they shifted there. Um, and what's more interesting is that if you take into account the remaining way that the university is funded, like this is just one revenue stream. And it's crazy. It's like these guys, on these are state agents, again, the people who are working for the, the nonprofits. The guys at, at <laughs> Uvimco are making millions every year. They're paid millions. They're state employees. Why? It's like, why, are they, why do they have all this money to invest? Why are, are people sitting there on BlackRock overseeing the funds? Why, I mean, if, even if you look at the board of trustees, you can see that BlackRock's on the board of trustees for the university. Uh, they have people from Dominion Energy on the board of the trustees. Like, they were all appointed by, by Democrats, by McCullough, actually, is what it looks like, and in Northam, uh, these people. Uh, that's the way that it, it's set up there. And they appear to have basically changed, at least in my mind, changed the way that their investments were principled to make huge returns. I mean, the billion-dollar return thing, it's ubiquitous across universities. All of the Ivy League schools, to my knowledge, had multi-billion-dollar returns on their investment portfolios. Uh, and the, the opportunity to basically tell your employees as a high-level university bureaucrat to basically go and plug um, – fear and fear mongering over the this this pandemic and also by the way uh so that that's too good to be true and also so if the 60 percent of research and development funding right now at universities people should really understand this this is a big deal uh comes from private entities by contract you were referencing this earlier right uh tommy so that's actually a private agreement whereby you as as a university professor go and enter into an agreement with a private individual entity and they give you a grant to go research something in particular. They often have gag orders in place. So 60% of, of current R&D biomedical research in the United States right now at our higher education institutions comes from private contracts, okay? That's another uh, revenue. There's actually another, our other nonprofits set up at universities for this purpose to create and engage in contracts by, on behalf of the professors, the students with these types of entities and um, the other thirty percent, if you want, or forty percent, if you want to know where the remaining funding comes, I don't actually disclose this in the articles. So this is this is news breaking here. Uh, if you look at it, it's all from the three-letter word at agencies that we all seem to hate. It's the CDC, it's the NIH, it, it's the um, you know FDA. Those are the ones who are funding all of our. First off, it's like why are we, we subsidizing biomedical research for big pharma with our, our universities and allowing them to to you know take off that forty percent of the cost for their research and development? That makes doesn't make any sense um especially when they control the, the the research and get to gag people it's just all of this is maddening and then i'm scared for my family now like that's i figured it out but I, someone needs to talk about it so it's can you support yeah no i mean
1: it does seem to be like i mean yeah you if you i mean it's the oldest thing in the book though right it's just follow the money and if you're going from a three percent return to a fifty percent return i mean it gets hairy now because again, we all kind of expect corruption and you know whatever. Again, like Goodyear, or I'm sure toilet paper companies. There's probably some shady stuff. Whatever.
0: Oh, it's yeah, it's every bureaucracy.
1: Yeah, it's bottled water. There's you know that's as old as time. Okay, whatever. It's particularly frightening when you know I was permanently banned from YouTube when I interviewed Doctor. Good for you, dude. Can yeah. I can
0: I get banned too? I haven't been on. I'm not on anything yet. But oh, yeah, you can help me out. Yeah. I'll start a channel and have you on. It'll be fun. No, no, you just have on McCullough. You'll get
1: banned and you'll get banned in an hour. Um we'll do it all together. <laughs> but with with so what we're seeing right now though is and I think more people are starting to realize it. And for future reference, today is Tuesday, January eleventh, twenty twenty two, that that we're seeing a mass coordinated effort, right? And not just the suppression of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine right? generic medications that can be used and are used by japan are used by the largest state in india which i believe has a population of 246 million compared to our national population of yeah. 350 so that's one aspect right the suppression of uh of uh of VARES reporting right posted online you'll get banned the silencing of people who have been injured by it and then we also have even state approved and state funded uh treatments like monoclonal antibodies who they bought 500 million doses from eli Lilly beforehand yeah they are now they're now chokeholding that so what we're seeing is the government's doing it from top down you know the actual government responses vaccine monoclonal they shut off monoclonal you have big tech just a couple corporations it's a cartel and they're shutting down anyone who talks about this and then you have you know big pharma and then you have things like black rock or what's the other one the other huge one um vanguard, vanguard? yeah yeah
0: they the other have- one that appears to be doing
1: some sketchy stuff sure and you have them funding you have them funding and using these colleges to you know subsidize their research and thus control you know hey i'm giving you this money you're not going to do if you know if i say hey this game is brilliant whoever came
0: up with it it's so smart
1: oh oh, you have to respect your enemy it's absolutely brilliant hey man the nazis were brilliant demons from hell but they're brilliant all right so when you see all this going on yet you can't help but stand up and i think that more people than we think uh, are willing to fight this i think there's a lot of good people who are who are willing to fight who didn't want anything to do with this. This podcast was never meant to be a COVID podcast. You know, I'm friends with lawyers who never in a million years cared about this stuff, but they're starting to see that you can't ignore it anymore. You can't ignore it. It's here. So I think that's all we have to start doing. And I know it sounds this like, like a cliche response or, you know, it doesn't have any meat on the bones of it, but really you just have to start standing up at the very least talking about it and sure we can have grandiose plans i want to solve this that's fine but just start right now and what you're doing right is courage is contagious so i don't know anything about law i have no interest in law but what you're doing now is you're going to start attracting people who want to help out and if you keep moving forward it's going to work out and i know that wasn't really a response to anything no i i did,
0: you're right on and i appreciate it so much um it's it's it's, it's so encouraging to me to have people like yourself, and, and I, I had so many people. And I just want to want to take actually a moment, if you don't mind, to thank all those who are, who are volunteering for my organization, um, who have given me opportunities. People like Steve Kirsch, who's you know I'm, I'm, I'm on his weekly show now, uh, talking about what's happening in the law, uh, different lawsuits i'm hoping to have a a pretty interesting opportunity this week to talk about some stuff by the way um defeat the mandates dc uh january 23rd i will be up in dc with the, the vaccine safety research foundation uh if you anyone can make it please come out it is it is so important to to peacefully protest and demonstrate um you know with our hands open that we are citizens and all we are listening or hoping for is an opportunity to be heard and understood and you know really because I'm I'm twenty nine years old and I happen to, to have, you know, taken very good care of my body for, for the last uh few few months, like I've done more than any obese person has ever done by putting an injection to their body. I've lost thirty pounds. Um working out, doing yoga, like drinking less, trying to take care of myself because I want to inspire people to do the same. It's like, come on, people.
1: Yeah. Let's I didn't get the vaccine. Be American, so I've lost thirty one pounds since October. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> okay. yes. Yeah, I didn't get it's the like, vaccine. It's like you can do it. Yeah it's
0: everyone needs to, to think they can do it.
1: Yeah.
0: And just, if you don't mind me just finishing up here, um, you know, it what we're doing here is we're trying to defend the liberties for the next generation, because in my mind, um I truly believe that, that, you know, if you have someone who, who if you think about this president, I mean, wh- why aren't we just requiring pe- people who are overweight to work out? Why aren't we doing all these other things? Why aren't we, we, we taking, you know, steps to uh, resolve these issues? And I think that if you just, listen and open your eyes and think about things critically and, and are, are willing to speak to other people out loud as you said uh, and do what i'm doing and, and it's not even having to fight like if you are afraid just please consider supporting me instead if you're one of those people who had too much to lose to quit your jobs like i took the chance so you don't have to please like yeah. go to my, my website com, and you can see all my, my information there on my sub stack too so thanks so much I'll, I'll leave leave it there tommy i appreciate your time and yeah man, what a blessing I'm, to be here
1: yeah no dude exactly it's um Yeah, it's that quote that if you know, if 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 you don't stand up for your children, they won't have the option of standing up, right? And I mean, sure, it can maybe it's pearl clutching or it's being you know it's hyperbole, but I mean like Mm -hmm. the little things we never think about. But I mean, you know, a generation did stand up to go kill literal Nazis, to go to go to, to go defeat the you know the the insanely. Uh, ruthless uh, uh Japanese or Japanese army and Japanese Navy, I guess Imperial Japan at a loss for words there. You have to do it and not only that, and this is kind of how I always uh this is how I always kind of wrap it up when having on guests like yourself talking to people who are doing things about this, whether it's lawsuits or speaking tours or books or whatever, mm-hmm. is really two things. One, be thankful that there's a righteous fight to be had right? I mean, you think, I'm sure D-Day was beyond terrifying. At least you knew you were going to kill Nazis. You know, I'm sure going on to Okinawa was terrifying. At least you're going to take out the guys that did Pearl Harbor. Imagine being drafted into Korea or Vietnam where you're going, what are we doing?
0: I'm sorry, you're cutting out one second. I'm going to turn off my Bluetooth and just go
1: speaker here. No, you're fine. Imagine being drafted in, can you hear me? All
0: right. Um, One one more time with a question. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, go
1: ahead. Imagine being drafted into Korea or Vietnam and you're going, wait, what are we, what are we doing? There's not even a clear cut enemy. So to me, one, it's a gift. There's a clear cut righteous fight. It's not, wait, I'm in Iraq. Why? No, no, no. It's an infringement on your bodily autonomy and your freedom of speech. So, Hey, number one, be thankful that you have the opportunity to have a righteous fight. And of course, I mean peacefully protest, to assemble, to speak out, not to go attack anyone. And number two, I look at this as now in comparison to everything we just talked about in the example I just used Korea, Vietnam, D Day, whatever. Be thankful <laughs> that you're not storming a pillbox of Nazis laying down suppressive fire on you. Yeah. Be thankful that your fight is doing a podcast. It's going to peacefully assemble in DC to donate 5 bucks to a 5013c. So one, be thankful there's a righteous fight and be two, be thankful that in relation it's not really a fight at all. It just requires you to do the bare minimum. So yeah. It's, it's just speaking out. It's so, it's, it's so vital, and it's so easy. I'm not saying, oh, we got to go paratroop into you know Vichy France and fight Nazis. No, man, just hit hit subscribe, click on it, and go PayPal five dollars. Yeah, become a founding member, so, member of my Substack. It's, yeah, it's, exactly, and, the and fight then support is me so, that way so I can fight for you. The fight is so easy. Yeah. Harder men have had to sacrifice so much more with the chance of much smaller chance of winning our fight guys is posted on facebook <laughs> you got an extra 20 hey man throw yeah, it to his exactly. organization go follow mccullough on twitter and hit a retweet start a getter yeah. account and subscri- uh, support malone it, It's it's and i'm not making light because you know 5.4 million people died and it's an infringement on children but i mean at the same time man like our fight is so comically easy that there is no reason for us to lose. If we lose this, and it does go into a, a "quote-unquote" great reset world, then we get what we deserve, because that means yeah. we did nothing.
0: So, with that, can I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to share my screen. I want to show people the uh, the, the Twitter, the Instagram, LinkedIn, if people are gonna watch it later if you don't mind. I can post it up here.
1: Yeah, I'm terrible at screen sharing. I never know how. To That's do. cool
0: i am I'm, I'm just everything is is like you say, um there's a lot of good in the world, there are a lot of people who who are fighting back, and even if you can't you know support those who are because we'll do it for you, I'll happily do it, yeah, why not me, you know that's that's my attitude yeah. like you too, probably yeah,
1: yeah why not me? yeah, no, send me, right it's the right that's the bible quote, send me, oh Lord, yeah, I'll do it, you know, I'll run into it, um,
0: yeah, here's the share screen. can I see it
1: beautiful, yep, uh, yeah, and I will put all those links in for. Lazy people like myself that are just listening, you can go into the description of the video or the podcast, whatever. Bitshoot, Rumble, Odyssey, Spotify, got them all. The links will be in the yeah. description. Go click on them. And um, yeah, man, it's very tonight. Tonight
0: Clubhouse. If if this comes out today on the eleventh, tonight Clubhouse, uh, eight o'clock Eastern. We're going to have our first public meeting. It's the Gavel Project as part of our, our case selection process. So feel feel free to join join us. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to see if Doctor McCullough can jump on. No promises there. But uh, it'd be fun if he, he joined us. I'm going to have some other some other people that I'm inviting as well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Joe Rogan, pester him, pester uh, Brett Weinstein, pe- pester D- Dave, Dave, uh, Dave Smith and, and everybody over there. Part of the problem. Uh, I want to hook up with them and, and actually get this thing going uh, next month. So Beautiful. thank you so much. I'll take care.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming on. And, thanks, uh, I appreciate take it. Care, everybody. Awesome. God bless. God bless America. Do the right thing, everybody. Yes. Take Recording care. Recording stopped. Thank you, my man. Dude,